The Comic Book Time Machine, episode 115, the fourth grab bag episode. Hello, welcome to another episode of Comic Book Time Machine. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am your host today as we travel back in time, back, back, back in time to my childhood, and we replicate one of my favorite things from my childhood. Uh, it's something that combined the excitement of opening a present on Christmas or your birthday with the excitement of reading comic books, and that is comic book grab bags. Now, I didn't get a lot of comic book grab bags when I was a kid. I only had a few. Uh, one of them had a Star Trek comic and two Star Wars comics in it, and and one of them had Batman Brave and the Bold, and uh, uh, let's see, it was Batman Brave and the Bold, DC Comics Presents, and then a regular Batman comic in it. And there were a couple others that I got uh, mainly from my the grocery store near my grandparents' house. But um, I've been able to find in recent years uh, some of these grab bags at different stores. And so I bought a few of these from Target whenever I would go to Target. And now I go to Target and they're gone. They are not there. But I have purchased a few. And I think on the last episode I said I was saving them for a rainy day. Now I was saying that um, figuratively, but... Uh, it is now literally a rainy day and here I am. I've got a little bit of time to spare and, um, just in the mood for reading some comics and pulled this out and thought, ah, you know what? I'm going to do another comic book grab bag. And how does that work? Well, here I am. I'm sitting here and I have the bag next to me. I have not opened it yet. And I am going to tell you what I see as I look at the bag. And then I'm going to open the bag and tell you what I find in the bag. And then I'm going to play a podcast promo from a podcast that I listen to and enjoy and and endorse uh, as something that I think you might like listening to. And then after that podcast promo plays, I will have read the comic book. Now, I'm not reading it, obviously, in 30 seconds. I'm using a time machine, the time machine called audio editing in this case. And uh, yeah, and, and so that's what this podcast will be. I'll be reading four comic books that came out of this grab bag that I bought at Target and... Uh, yeah, four out-of-print originals, it says. And I'll tell you, this one was an interesting one when I saw it hanging there on the peg at Target uh, in, its, in all of its uh, polybagged glory. Um, the polybag that I'm looking at says comics on the very top. Very exciting. And then, um, like I said, it said four out-of-print originals, and it says collectible comics. These are apparently intended to be you know, for collectors. But no, I'm not a comic book collector. I mean, I kind of am. I have a huge collection, but I'm a comic book reader and I'm a comic book enjoyer. And like, I know a lot of you are, um, you know, and, and we can quibble about, you know, what, what do we call ourselves? You know, um, these for me, I don't look at these as collectible comics because I'm going to open this. I'm going to read them <laughs> once. And I'm going to, I mean, I guess they're collectible if they're just going to go into a box somewhere, but yeah. So what caused me to purchase this one uh, out of the other, I think, half dozen to you know a dozen uh, that were available to me on the day when I was at Target shopping for something else and 
Um, yeah. I mean, I, I always go into Target for one thing, but I always come out with other stuff. And this is the other stuff that I always come out with. So here's what caused me to say, you know what? Let's get this one because I know at least two of these will be interesting to me, the two that are visible to me. There are four comics in this bag. Two are visible, two are not. And so one of them is the all-new, all-different Power Man and Iron Fist limited series, one of five, which I was very interested to see. It's, you know, first issue. That's nice. But it's rated A. So this is an all-ages Power Man and Iron Fist. And I think it's going along kind of with the characterization maybe that are in Ultimate Spider-Man. Because these seem to be younger characters than in the regular Marvel 616, Uh, especially Power Man. Uh, Iron Fist, he's wearing a mask, and so it's a little hard to tell uh, if he's younger or or older. Um, But he's wearing a gray costume with yellow trim and the yellow mask. And and then Power Man, uh, Luke Cage, looks young. He looks really young. And he has a, a... not so much an adolescent body, but it's definitely not the big bulky adult body that, that Power Man is normally seen with. Um, now, obviously, why am I picking this up? I mean, the whole Netflix series of uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe is something we've covered over on Welcome to Level 7. And so there's that connection for me. And I'm really curious what this is going to be like. And uh, will it be better than Iron Fist? Um just throwing it out there. That's not hard. I'm not going to rant about Iron Fist right now, but maybe I'll rant a little bit about, about Iron Fist after I read the comic. The other side is a really interesting one to me. This is from 1988, and it's Secret Origins, number 26. Secret Origins starring Black Lightning and Miss America. And so Miss America is a character I'm not very familiar with, but seems to be a, your typical patriotic character. She's wearing a very, very short skirt and high heels. And... um a cape <laughs> and a domino mask. So I don't know anything about her. Um, so that looks like it could be an interesting character, but we'll see. I, I'm guessing it's a, uh, you know, she's from an earlier era of American history than, than the modern, uh, modern as of 1988. Uh, Black Lightning I am familiar with, uh, and it's written by Tony Isabella. Um, I don't know who the artist is, last name Brooks, we'll find out. But Tony Isabella, I believe, is Black Lightning's uh, creator. Miss America is written by Roy Thomas, which suggests to me that that is maybe an Earth 2 character um, or, or something like that. But that, you know, Roy Thomas, he's good with uh, he's good with legacy type things. And, and I know he was doing for Marvel, um, he was doing, oh, what's that team called now? I can't remember what the team is, but they were... Um, Oh, the invaders, the invaders, which was Captain America and and Submariner and and Human Torch, old Human Torch. Um, but then I believe he was also doing like Justice Society and, and some things like that for DC. But anyway, Roy Thomas, Tony Isabella, both creators that I'm familiar with and like. And so I have two comics in this bag, at least, that are going to be, I think, interesting. Secret Origins. You know, those suggest to me that they will be kind of done in one. I like the Secret Origins series. I have a handful of them, but this is, I've never read this one before. Um, as far as Power Man and Iron Fist goes, I don't know anything about the creative team behind it, but because of the MCU connection, I'm interested in reading it. So I'm going to open the bag right now and find out what is inside. So pulling out the Power Man and Iron Fist behind that is what in the world? Interesting. Marvel Apes. Marvel Apes. Limited series. Two of four. (laughs) 
Okay. Sounds good. Two of four. Uh, is it going to be good enough to make me want to seek it out, seek out the number one and three and four? I don't know. The cover has um, an ape. Looks like, I don't know, is this Speedball's costume? I'm not sure, but he's wearing goggles and he has this kind of vest on. And he's he's it's a close up of the of the ape and he's got his finger to his lips, kind of shushing you. Just shh. Um, <laughs> my goodness, I don't know. Uh, I don't see a year on the cover, so kind of peeking in the back here. 2008. 2008. Now here's the thing with that. I have Powerman Iron Fist, one of five, first issue. Um, uh, Professor Allen on the Quarterbin podcast has talked about this before. When you get um, a quarter comic, you know you don't want issue three or issue two. You want issue one or issue four. The middle issues are not going to be as satisfying. So we will see how this works out for me. But I do like apes. I mean, you know, uh, King Kong, Planet of the Apes, they're, they're favorites of mine. Uh, okay, so there's Secret Origins, 1988. And then Dark Avengers, number 179. Okay, so I have to say, um, this is from 2012, it looks like. Uh, yeah, have to say not feeling super excited about these two middle comics. So that's where I'm going to start. You know, it's that, uh, it's that whole last bite thing for me. I'm going to start with dark Avengers. Cause that one seems like the least interesting to me. Uh, Marvel apes is where I'll go next. And then we'll go to power man and iron fist and then secret origins. And we will see just how good these comics are going to be after this. You like cheap comic books, right? Well, I'm Professor Allen, and I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. In every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection, as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes, or crossover events that can cost 100 bucks to collect. Join me in the Quarterbin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The Quarterbin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search Relatively Geeky or Quarterbin Podcast in iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny. Okay, so I'm not sure what I just read, but um, I read something here this is dark avengers number 179 and it's called gods and monsters uh written by jeff parker with art by gabriel hernandez walta and kev walker and it's yeah so i think that the reason it's dark avengers number 179 because i i'm positive this whole dark avengers and all these extra avengers things is not uh, you know, hundred and some uh, issues ago. Maybe, maybe it is. I mean, this is 2012 though. And so I believe this is a renumbering of Thunderbolts because there is a recap page to bring us up to speed. Uh, basically the Thunderbolts were lost in the time stream and the Dark Avengers were uh, recruited to fill in the void is what they say. And then they were ended up in some 
Lost Dimension. So you have two teams from our dimension, the Thunderbolts and the Dark Avengers. And then you have a bunch of teams in this future, distant future dimension where it's... um, I don't exactly understand the science of it, but it sounds like there was some sort of World War III that didn't use nuclear weapons, but it used alien weapons, and the alien radiation mutated people to the point where I think only the mutants were able to uh, procreate, and so they had to clone everyone else, and... There was like some sort of superhero war with armies of superheroes, and then it ended into these, uh, ended up being this uh, fiefdom kind of thing. And so they're in an area controlled by Boss Cage, who is the clone of Luke Cage's great great grandson. But that means you also have um, outlaws in that range, that, that area. And then you also have um, another group of outlaws in boss cage's place and then i think you might have some allies for boss cage i'm not exactly sure um and there's people doing stuff so there's characters that i recognize a little bit and there's characters that i don't recognize at all and then there's characters that i do recognize but the characters that i recognize a little bit are i'm not sure if i'm supposed to recognize them because they're from the Marvel 616 universe or if I'm supposed to recognize them because they're like these future mutated clone versions of characters. So um, what was, yeah, so it's a little confusing. Um, There's actually one group of characters where uh, it's a character like his name is, let's see if I can find it. I think it's Hotshot or something like that. And it's Hawkeye, and there's one named Ragnarok, and that's Thor, and then they're with someone who looks like Scarlet Witch, and what does he call her? I don't know. And then there's a Spider-Man character who is in the black suit but has six arms, (laughs) so it's all very confusing, and you have all these people yelling at each other and fighting each other, and I don't know what the stakes are, who's fighting who, or... I, I don't know, but the um, the Boss Cage character is clearly meant to be a Judge Dredd type of almost parody kind of thing, and because he is the law or, or something like that, and he gets jumped by some characters that I don't know if they're from our world or from this world, and it's just confusing, and so he blows up his bike because they get him off his bike, and it's like a it's a nuclear. Uh, explosion going off there's a mushroom cloud from his bike but um there is a couple highlights like i said the the one highlight being kind of this judge dread kind of um parody almost and the other highlight is something that i was vaguely aware of but i never actually read a comic about it this is a blind spot in my knowledge of this character's history but man thing um he showed up he's on one page and apparently there's a group of characters who were near the bike and he instinctively teleported them away to safety. And so I I don't know what's going on. All I know is from this one page that Man-Thing was losing his powers or forgetting how to use his powers. And Satana is there and she says, Man-Thing pulled us away all this way to safety. He's remembering how to use his power. And then Man-Thing speaks. So... 
maybe I should be a little less harsh on R.L. Stein for having Man-Thing speak in the Man-Thing miniseries that he did. Um, Man-Thing's one line of dialogue is, I still do not know, Satana, I was trying to pull Moonstone away from the bike. That's it. So he still doesn't remember how to use his power. He's just saying that's all he was trying to do. And then she said, you acted on instinct. Walking through time and space is natural to you. You'll get it. And then she leads him off panel and on the very end of the page and says, you need to come on and practice meditation. <laughs> so there he is, Man-Thing. He's on four panels. And yeah, but there's so much going on here that if I was following the series, I, I would definitely know what's going on. But there's so many characters and some of them are characters, like I said, I recognize I mean, Luke Cage is in this and he is um, with Scar. That's Hulk's son from Planet Hulk. And they're fighting this guy who I've never heard of. And the guy that I've never heard of uses his power to make Scar um, calm down and no longer be hulked out. Uh, he turns into a scrawny kid. But I do find it interesting that we have uh, the Luke Cage connection to another book that was in this package. And the surprise, one page, one page of, of Man-Thing. Um, yeah, so I need to find out about Man-Thing and this whole idea of him being able to speak and retaining his uh, individuality. Um I'm not sure. I, I just, I don't know what's going on there, but I, I also don't feel like reading these. I mean, this era of Marvel, it just isn't, this just isn't my thing. And while there's the dimension hopping idea and the time travel idea, those two things are my thing. I mean, you have man thing here. And so maybe, maybe dark Avengers is something I should be looking into. Thunderbolts, you know, something I should be looking into, but for the time being, <laughs> is not something I'm going to be messing with. So that's Dark Avengers. And if I had to give it, you know, a thumbs up or a thumbs down, I really need to come up with a good rating for these grab bags. But by the time I'm done with the grab bags, I'll figure something out. But, you know, I mean, it's definitely a deal. I mean, the, I spent $6 for four comics. So that comes out to $1.50 each. This is cover price $2.99. So half off. But at $1.50, this is not... Uh, even even turning the page and finding man thing standing there, which is so out of left field for me because I have no idea what's going on. Um, you know, again, if I had been reading it, I would know. But I just, uh, yeah, gonna have to let that one slide. So Dark Avengers, that's a thumbs down for me. Um, next up, we have Marvel Apes, which I don't know. Um, I kind of remember there was a little while when they were doing like variant covers i think with uh marvel characters that were ape versions of a marvel character but yeah so this is 2008 and i'm gonna stop recording and play a podcast promo and i'll be back and when i'm back i will have read marvel apes a fan podcast devoted to the comic creations of Mike Grell, including Warlord, John Sable, 
Star Slayer, Shaman's Tears, and Green Arrow. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth. Join us as we discuss the stories, characters, and art in the many excellent comics from writer and artist Mike Grell. Warlord Worlds is available at podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Find us at warlordworlds.com. Hmm. Okay. So let's talk about Marvel Apes. Uh, Marvel Apes. Written by Carl Kessel and uh, drawn by Ramon Box. Uh, Javier Grow is the colorist. Gerald Fletcher is the letterer. Tom Brennan, assistant editor. Stephen Wacker is the editor. And et cetera, et cetera. Special thanks to Mark W. Brennan. Not sure why he gets a special thanks, but he does, and I'm mentioning it. There's a backup story as well. This backup story is written by Tom Payer with uh, Carl Kessel doing the artwork on the backup. That's interesting. Um, basically, uh, this is a story about a scientist from the Marvel 616 and Marty Blank, who was a villain called the Gibbon who turned into a hero because of something Spider-Man did. I don't know the details. And they found a interdimensional portal to a world just like the Marvel 616, only it's Planet of the Apes version. So it's basically the Marvel Universe Planet of the Apes style. And... <laughs> It gets a little bit more than that, and it's one of those things where, you know, I don't necessarily like it when you put layers upon layers upon layers of, you know, genre things. And so, um, you know, you have, it's in the future, but then it also has orcs, but then it also has, um, uh, you know, zombies and you know that kind of thing. This kind of does that. Uh, it's got superheroes, but they're all apes. It's Planet of the Apes, but they're all you know. But there's tons of superheroes, and and then there's also. <laughs> I mean, this is the second issue twist, so I'm not giving away the ending of the series. I mean, this is a four issue limited series, and this is only book two of it. And we find out that first of all, um, this this character Marty, he's so excited or was in issue one so excited that he was on a world of just apes like him. But then he realizes they act like apes. <laughs> and so he brings in a villain to the ape Avengers and they just, it's unconscious, but I'm not even sure who's supposed to be. Uh, I think it's like Dr. Octopus, but um, they just jump on him and just start beating him to death. And he realizes, okay, this world's not great. And the invaders, and this is why it's kind of funny. I mean, we're kind of taking this weird situation of these four unrelated comics, but they're related. Uh, we have Luke Cage in Dark Avengers. We also have Luke Cage in Power Man and Iron Fist. Um, I was talking about Roy Thomas writing the uh, Miss America. I think, is it Miss America? I've already forgotten. Um, for Secret Avengers. Well, the invaders uh, is the Marvel uh World War II heroes, and Roy Thomas, I believe, was a writer on that, but I talked about the invaders. Well, this has the invaders in it. Um, Captain America, Toro, Submariner, um, Red Red Raven, and, um, and Bucky. And they are kind of like the B, 
the B team. They're not the Ape Avengers. They're like his night force, Captain America's night force. And it turns out that they're vampires and they've been hiding it from everyone. And now that they find out that they could possibly go to our world or the 616 where there's humans, that's just plenty of people for them to just bite and drink their blood. And it's kind of a, it, yeah, it's kind of complicated. There's also this uh, thing with Sue Storm, who I think has a disease that turns her to look human. Um, but I don't know. Anyway, Captain America is a conniving uh, and sinister force on this world, but nobody knows it except for our character, Marty Blank here. And a couple people have figured it out there on their world. Um, but anyway, <laughs> there's, it's not, it could go duck world on us. You know, duck world is not the way Steve Gerber envisioned, uh, Howard the ducks home, but it's what it became after Steve Gerber wasn't writing Howard the duck and you know, the Howard the Duck magazine that Steve Gerber, you know, wasn't writing stories for. And they were doing, you know, all these duck puns and and stuff like that. Well, the, it gets close. It gets close to that, but not quite. Now, the backup story is uh, almost goes there. Again, it, it gets close. The backup story is played for laughs and has a punchline. And it's, it's a short story. And I'm not going to talk much about it other than it's the Watcher telling us the history of the Marvel ape universe but anyway uh the question is it's 399 so good you know i i, I paid less than half for this uh is it worth a dollar 50 i will say this i am interested in looking for the collection of of uh marvel apes because i'm very curious if this four issue miniseries uh is if it's as fun as this issue is, I think it'd be a fun read. I don't know if it's necessarily something I want to own, um, but if I could get it through like interlibrary loan or something, um, I would read Marvel Apes. I think that it could be a fun thing. I like Planet of the Apes. I like Marvel superheroes. And I like that this isn't exactly just, you know, Marvel superheroes going to the planet of the apes. It's, it's a spin on both and definitely is riffing on the planet of the apes. But I mean, really when it comes down to it, uh, Captain America is like a really evil and powerful Dr. Zayas, um, <laughs> a vampire Dr. Zayas. So that is Marvel apes. So, so far one thumb down, one thumb up. Will it be 75% thumbs up or will it be, Something worse, I don't know. But I'm about to read Power Man and Iron Fist. And all I can hope for is it's better than Iron Fist on Netflix. <laughs> I'm really curious about this because, well, I'm going to find out. I'm going to be reading it right now uh, to find out if this is like an alternate version of the characters because they were, they were grown adults when they met each other, or at least mostly grown adults, I think. Iron, Iron Fist may have been like a 20-something a or late teens, but yeah, we will see. I'm about to read it right now.
Hello, I'm Pat Sampson, and I would like to invite you to join me on my podcast, The Longbox Crusade. On this podcast, I'm reading through my 20-plus longboxes that I have stored away in my basement. On each episode, I will select a random issue from my collection and take a very highbrow, thoughtful approach to examining these truly American art forms that help to shape our popular culture. Oh, oh, I like comics too. Uh, Can I get a comic out of my long box that syncs up with the month and year of the comic from your long box and chat about that too? Oh, oh, and video games. Can we talk about games? Or or maybe James Bond too. I love James Bond. (sighs) Fine. Jared Elbrick, a.k.a. the Yard Sale Artist. We can add some of your comics and enthusiasm to the show it might help get a deeper introspection of did someone say james bond i love james bond and i love comics too i can bring a comic from my long box to sync up with you guys i also love movies and music even news stories that tie into the time period that match the comic books we review Uh, this is what i get for inviting both the albrick brothers into my show Jason, how the heck can we fit all that into my deeply intellectual review of... Well, you know what? Fine. Let's do it. Let's cram it all into one podcast. Join us on the Longbox Crusade, folks. We'll bounce around in time from issue to issue, pulled randomly from my longboxes, and the Alpert Brothers will bring along issues with the same month and year cover date. We'll talk about the comics and the time period they come from, including... World news of that time! Top 40 music chart toppers. Movies, both good and bad. Maybe even some favorite recipes. Whatever I think is funny. We'll probably have to suffer through things that Jared thinks are funny. We'll jam it all into one pop culture extravaganza, examining the comics in my longbox and the time period surrounding them. Join us for a wild ride through time on the Longbox Crusade podcast as we attempt to read them all. What's in your longbox? Okay, I was joking about is it going to be better than Iron Fist or not. I mean, the Iron Fist Netflix series I actually liked. Um, It wasn't the greatest of the Netflix series, but I did like it. I did enjoy it. Um, This uh, comic was interesting uh, because the Luke Cage, it's not Luke Cage. This Power Man is not a young Luke Cage. His name is Victor Alvarez, Alvarez? Um, but it's not Luke Cage. It is actually modern day uh danny rand he has gone through all the stuff that i know about him going through but he is teamed up with a young character called power man who isn't as powerful as power man but has some sort of kinetic absorb absorption power that um you know, he he might as, he, he could pick up the mantle of, of Power Man and his power set is close enough that he could he could be the next Power Man. And so he's he's a sidekick or um a, a protege or or whatever. And yeah, so it's a mystery. There's bad guys at the beginning and bad guys at the end, but the main meat of this issue is not this group of bad guys, although that's a mystery who these people are and, and they end up, you know, the climaxes that they've surrounded uh, Power Man. But the, the main meat of this is that uh, former co-worker uh, who worked for Heroes for Hire, uh, she's in prison for a crime she says she didn't commit. And now they need to find out about it. And bad guys are involved and honestly though i 
I really didn't like this one that much. Um, it wasn't bad. Uh, it's it's written by Fred Van Lante, um, Wellington Alves. Alves is the penciler. Nelson Pereira is the the inker. Um, it just didn't do much for me. I'm not interested in finding out more. Um, I'm not going to give it a thumbs down. It wasn't bad, but it didn't pique my interest, and it's not something I'm going to revisit. Not the same way that Marvel Apes is. Now, you know my my rant about Iron Fist, and and it's kind of here too. Um, it's interesting. He's he's with romantically linked to Joy. Um, who is someone from the Netflix series. But the whole thing with the Netflix series with Iron Fist is that I was really wanting something that was going to give me a 70s um, kung fu movie vibe. And, you know, I, I didn't need it for the whole thing. I didn't need it for every single fight sequence or whatever. But there is nothing of the 70s kung fu vibe in the same way that we were getting kind of a hip-hop vibe from Luke Cage or the noir vibe from... Um, from from Jessica Jones or the the crime vibe from you know, the, the 70s crime movie vibe from from Daredevil um Iron Fist just didn't have personality uh and I'm not talking about the character I'm talking about the series itself and I know there are people who do say that about the character I'm not one of them I I enjoyed the series and I think it's rewatchable um it's just not perfect and it's not what I was what I was hoping for. They didn't give me what I wanted. Now, for some people, not getting what they wanted with Iron Fist meant that they hated it. I didn't hate it. I liked it. But it wasn't perfect. And this issue of comics, not perfect. So, we got one more, and we will see. Is this perfect? It has two origin stories in it. One of Black Lightning, one of Miss America. We have Roy Thomas. We have Tony... Uh, Tony Isabella, we have, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a hefty thing here. I mean, these, uh, secret origins, uh, comics were dollar 25. And I think that was at a time when the normal cover price was 75 cents or a dollar. I'm not, I'm not sure. And I haven't looked it up, but yeah, I'm getting ready to dig into some classic DC origin storytelling. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. Soak them down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever you find trouble, they'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair. Stand for truth and justice and see on land and air. Firestorm and Aquaman, they make a super pair. The Fire and Water Podcast. Celebrating Aquaman, King of the Seven Seas, and Firestorm, the Nuclear Man. Available weekly on Aquaman Trine, Firestorm Van, and on iTunes and Stitcher. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag, here to talk about Firestorm. Along with me is my co-host, Rob Kelly, here to talk about some guy that talks to fish. Really? You're going to pull this crap during the promo? Bad enough, I have to put up with your shenanigans every week, but... Okay, so I don't know exactly what I was expecting from Secret Origins number 26 featuring Black Lightning and Miss America, but I don't think this was what I was expecting with Secret Origins starring Black Lightning and Miss America. Um, it seems that uh, the Black Lightning story is a retelling of the original story from 
uh, issue number one from 1977, which was written by Tony Isabella. Strangely enough, the writer of this one is Tony Isabella. And so it's nice. He gets to revisit that origin story from 1977 and come back to it here in 1988, just 11 years later. Uh, Black Lightning gets a little blurb in the back of the book. They In these Secret Origin books, uh, what's nice is in the letters page, they kind of give a history of the character. And so for Black Lightning, they talk about how he was created in 1990, yeah, 1977 uh, by Tony Isabella and that he you know, was canceled after 11 issues because of the DC implosion, but that the character himself kept coming back and, and coming around and, and uh, actually ended up being a big part of Batman and the Outsiders. Uh, Miss America, on the other hand, was someone who was a Golden Age character, and they needed a character who could take the place of Wonder Woman after they retconned the origin story of like the DC Universe. And so uh, they needed someone to be the mother of Fury, Lita Trevor, from Infinity Incorporated and or Infinity Inc., I guess, and uh, because originally she was the daughter of of Wonder Woman and that wasn't possible in the new uh, canon that they were, were creating. And so they made Miss America be, be that character. The story, the interesting thing here is the story is the origin of how she gets her powers and it's a weird origin. We'll get to that, but um, it then is all set up for uh, the young all-stars number 12, where you'll find out the aftermath of Miss America's origin. And so the story, though, okay. So because of that, it's it's not a it's not a, a complete one and done thing. Whereas Black Lightning, at least, is its own story. The big theme in Black Lightning is that evil never goes away. And so you have in this story, you have um, Jefferson Pierce, and he's thinking back on the beginning of his career and how he was working at a school and the drugs were a problem and the gangs that were peddling the drugs were a problem. And he got involved but didn't really want to get involved. But because he got involved, uh, the the gangsters, the these, you know, comic book gangsters. So there's there's uh, the guy Tobias Whale is the guy's name. And he just has this uh, kind of pointy pinhead kind of thing going on. He's like Kingpin with a cone head and a really big, giant, angry mouth. And he's the leader of this, this gang, the 100 or something like that. And so Jefferson Pierce has to just decide, do I get involved more? Uh, because the gangsters actually then target his, uh, his students, the students at his school. And do I get involved? I mean, evil never goes away. And, uh, if you know, if I take care of them, then there's just someone else is going to take their place, and it all leads to him uh, doing a montage. and And this kind of bothered me at first. I mean, he he did some fighting and stuff, but then there's a montage of him in his superhero costume uh, fighting the bad guys, and that's kind of the climax is that montage. And it's almost no, it's not almost. The story is building up to that as the climax. It's an emotional climax for him deciding he's going to use his powers to fight them. And then at the end of the story, he you, you come out of flashback and, and he's looking and he's seeing these these guys and they're talking about basically they're talking about the power vacuum that's happening because so, another gang has been defeated. And so now that that gang is out, the Jamaicans are going to try and come in and don't worry, we'll be back in business by Monday, that kind of thing. They're, they're, 
are you spooked by this this raid no i'm not spooked the beat goes on who's going to stop it is what they say of course i'm reading from their dialogue in the back page of this the whole back page is just these two guys on the street and there's five panels and it's all just one shot of this bakery on this street and these two guys are standing at the corner of the street then they start walking down the street and they walk past an alley on the left of the panel and that last panel the one guy says it's you know it's business as usual for them the beat goes on yeah who's going to stop it and then the final panel those guys have gone off the page off the left of the page and in that alley that was a dark alley between the bakery and the next building over you see black lightning standing there with lightning in his you know his his hands glowing with lightning and it's when you look at it as this is just about a guy choosing to you know, decide if, okay, so evil is not going to go away. So neither am I. That's really what it comes down to. And thematically, the story works for me. It's full of cliches and it's, it's full of, um, not, there's some cheesy dialogue. Uh, it's not the greatest story of all time, but it does its job. Well, especially when you're looking at it on the theme level and not on the, okay, we got this plot that we're going to do. And we're going to follow this plot. And the big climax is that he defeats the bad guys. No, the big climax is he decides to go against the bad guys. And then the end of the story is him continuing to decide to go against the bad guys. And it's an inspiring story. If you look at it that way. And I, I like it. Uh, at first I did not like it. I, I was starting to read it. And I'm just like, I can't get into this. This isn't that. I don't know. And then when I got to the end, I was just, okay, wait a minute. I think I like this. And so I, I had to go back and, and kind of reread it a little bit. And and sure enough, once I knew what the story was doing, I liked it uh, when I thought it was just going to be his origin story, which it kind of is. But uh, but not really. I mean, it, it it doesn't even really get into how he gets his powers or anything like that. No, it just it's talking about him as a character. Now, you want to talk about someone getting their powers. That is Miss America. And uh, she has one of the strangest origin stories. Uh, she's meeting a contact on a bench at the Statue of Liberty. The contact never comes. Next thing you know, she's getting really tired. She kind of falls asleep. The Statue of Liberty starts talking to her and says, you've been chosen. I'm giving you powers. You are going to be able to change the essence of things and transmute one substance into another. Now, just swear to use this power for America. Swear it, Joan Dale. (laughs) And and her answer is all right already i swear i swear and then she wakes up and it's nighttime and she doesn't just wake up and it's nighttime she wakes up and it's nighttime and she has superpowers so she uses her powers at first just as a nosy reporter but then she puts on her costume which is basically her in a pinup girl outfit she fights crime a little bit like that then she meets uncle sam and becomes uh part of uncle sam's team which is, uh, let's see here, we've got Neon the Unknown, Magno, Red Torpedo, the Invisible Hood, and Our Man, and Uncle Sam, and of course, Miss America. And they fight bad guys in World War II, and they actually fight off some of the planes that are headed toward Pearl Harbor. They don't completely win that battle. But uh, when that battle is done, they are all unconscious and a submarine comes and collects them, especially collecting Miss America. And it turns out that the scientists 
there's there's scientists who are working underneath the Statue of Liberty, and they were going to test out this super soldier kind of thing on this person who was supposed to meet a secretive person at the bench where she went to sit. And they thought that the person they were meeting was a guy, uh, but it was not a guy. So they spray her anyway, take her down to the lab and, you know, do the experiment on her. And then they put her back on the bench. And then now they have her again and they're not going to get rid of her. They're going to hang on to her and we'll find out what happens with her next time. In all uh, young all stars, number 12. I don't really care enough to seek that out. So I am not going to seek that out <laughs> instead. I'm just going to be happy to leave it at this as that kind of, it was at first just weird. Like what is going on? What is the deal with the statue of Liberty talking to her and making her swear an oath of allegiance to use her powers for America? Oh, it's because they drugged her <laughs> and she kind of, you know, imagined that story or whatever, but Yeah. So all in all, I, I'm, you know, I've had, I've had better reads <laughs> than this, but, uh, you know, the, the Black Lightning thing, like I said, it grew on me once I realized that the story was not just an action adventure story. The Miss America thing is one of those where I, I, I think that it was good synergy for them. They do this secret origin thing and then they're able to tie that into, uh, something else that's going on with the current comics, but Yeah. Not something I'm going to follow up on anytime soon. Uh, now, that said, I, I still do really like Secret Origins. Those those comics are a lot of fun, and I, I really enjoy them. So uh, eventually, I, I may end up doing some more with Secret Origins here on, on this podcast, Comic Book Time Machine. But that is for another day, another time, another episode. And for now, I have these, these four books here. And, you know, if I was going to, like, rate my experience... Um, boy, I don't even know. I mean, none of them were real standouts, uh, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed Marvel apes for what it was and dark Avengers. It was nice seeing man thing. That's always, always nice. You know, I've got that swamp swamp monster feed. Um, black lightning was probably the highlight for me. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Power man, and iron fist. I mean, it was good. It's hard. I, I really cannot, uh, I can't rate these things. Um, can't rank them. Uh, not this time around. But was it worth the five bucks? Yeah. Yeah, it was worth worth the five bucks. Uh, definitely. It was fun. It's always fun to, to read new and different things, even if you don't like them very much, when you're just kind of getting a sampling of what's out there. And, and it's nice. So that said, I want to thank you for listening. And uh, thank you for um, joining me on this little comic book jaunt through time and uh, there'll be another grab bag coming up at some point i'll also at some point in the near future be talking about trekker uh because i have a graphic novel that was given to me by the people who do that warlords uh worlds warlord warlord worlds podcast uh and also coming up um i'll be planning to talk about marvel two and one with a thing in the human torch of course there's some stuff coming up from matt and daniel as well and that is what you have to look forward to as we continue just making these little trips through time oh and don't forget there'll be some more swamp monsters coming of course of course all that said this is ben avery and i again thank you for listening i want to wish you godspeed <laughs>